0: And we're up.
1: We're up. Good well, morning.
0: Good morning, Joy. What's going on? How are you doing?
1: I haven't chatted with you in like forever. It's like face to face, not just an Instagram story or a watching a podcast of yours. Yeah, <laughs> everything's good.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it's been a while. It's funny. Like, we have literally worked in the same place at the same time. We've sort of intersected in sort of our industries and where we've worked, but we, haven't had a, a, a consistency in terms of either working together for uh, you know continuing to work together or just like meeting up every now and then and just collaborating so I'm really excited to uh, chat with you today I hope I find out some things that uh, you've been hiding from me over these years.
1: Yeah you really you really want to know and eh? this is why we're doing this just like finally finally get to pick your brain.
0: Well you know what like here's the thing I've been so when I met you and we'll get into this a little bit yeah. when yeah. I we were working at the same place, and uh, you, I heard about you. I've heard so many things about you before I met you.
1: Uh-oh. That <laughs> they were good things.
0: Well, you know, it, weren't, <laughs> it wasn't bad things. Yeah, I got it. Uh, and then following that, I've been so honestly impressed with your career and like, how you've been able to just sort of figure out what your strengths are and then work to that.
1: I appreciate that.
0: That's that's what it feels like from myself from the outside in, um, but let's talk about that. So, we um we met at BPM TV.
1: We sure did a long long time ago.
0: <laughs> long long.
1: so long ago. If you think about it, like I think, yeah, we did BPM TV. I actually, found like an old clip, and then I was like, "What year is this?" And I was like, "Holy smokes! Like 2004, 2005." I'm like, "Oh my god, it's 2020. That's a long time ago."
0: That's a long time right? ago. And, yeah, I guess that's when you started. I, I ended up at BPM around 2009.
1: That's oh, wow. Oh, God. yeah.
0: And, yeah, and then we did the photo shoot.
1: We got photo shoot. We sure did. <laughs>
0: um, how, did how did BPM TV start for you? Like, how did you even end up there? Talk about back at you. Totally.
1: The- well, I actually started on BPM TV doing a dance show. So that was sort of how I started was was doing the dance thing, and there was an instructional dance show on there. I was one of the backup dancers. If you watch the videos, they're totally totally cringeworthy, um, but it's a really a good laugh, the hairstyle, the moves, everything like that is super dated. But uh, I was doing that, and uh, it just sort of came a time when they were looking for a new host for the request show Back At Ya. Um, people like Aliyah Jasmine were hosting it before me, uh, Patricia Jaggernaut, um, and... Uh, I guess uh, the, the spot was open, and it's not, nothing I ever thought that I would actually step into. I was doing the dance thing, not speaking on camera, just being in the background, which I was totally comfortable with, and then the opportunity uh, was presented to me. It was nothing that I was like, I'm gonna go you know be on camera and i'm gonna I'm gonna you know host this show again. It was presented to me, and I just my young sort of early 20s was like, all right, sure, why not? Let's see what this is all about. And uh, I guess the, the underlying theme was that I had a love for music, um, dance, dance culture, um, with uh, relatively no on-camera experience. Uh, but again, that love and uh, passion for, for everything music and it sort of just uh, stemmed from there.
0: I'm glad you mentioned your mentality going into it, that you're just kind of like, ah, whatever, I'm gonna do this, because that's how that's how you feel. Uh, sometimes going into things it it just feels like you're just like ah whatever i'm gonna do this even though you may not 100 percent be comfortable with it your mentality is sort of like i'm just gonna do it and i'm gonna do my best and whatever happens.
1: i think back then it was also different there wasn't there wasn't social media totally dating myself but there wasn't social media there wasn't all these avenues to talk to be on camera you know there's very few opportunities and it was like wow you're presented with this opportunity how could you say no um so it was an exciting an exciting uh an exciting opportunity presented my way and and yeah exactly just uh being like sure let's give it a try and again my young sort of naive self just uh being excited for an opportunity and say hey let's just go for it and see see where it takes me and and have fun with it That was really the mentality was just to have fun
0: and that's a great mentality you have now uh at the same time i believe you were also working for the argos
1: I was yes, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I think I was probably on the Argos dance team, on the cheer team. Um, I left there for a bit. I was working with the Raptors dance pack, and again, this is during the whole stretch of of working with BPM, and then I was coaching with the Argos as well. So yeah, the uh, sort of the cheer dance um, uh, aspect was was always there.
0: Yeah, and from the outside in, it seemed like dance was your everything. It was your world. You were in it. You were a dancer. You were, um, you know, directing and coaching uh, dance teams. Um, Let's go back a little bit. Talk about your your career in dance, just looking you up a little bit. I know that you did some dancing and now you coach the dancers. It's sort of the trajectory that I took. I was hosting and then uh, my next pursuit was to create a show and then train hosts. Um, So it seems like that's like a natural progression for some people. But talk to me about your journey a little bit with dance.
1: With dance, totally. Just growing, growing up, um, you know, my parents submerged me in, in dance, dance yes, classes. Uh, obviously, becoming sort of a competitive dancer and doing that that uh, that thing when I was younger. Um, when I was in university, I wanted to continue dancing. Um, I wouldn't say I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to make it my career, but I wanted to have able to do school and work and also keep up my passion for dance. So that's what being on a sports team um, allowed me to do um, was to again, I was here at York doing doing my schooling, but also um, continuing uh to dance and perform um at the same time. So again, it wasn't something that I wanted to do professionally on its own. I knew that was never sort of my avenue, but I knew I wanted to incorporate incorporate it um, in some way. Um, with sort of chasing another dream of something for my my personal career um so uh yeah i did i did uh the argos cheerleaders for four years like i mentioned um wanted something more so i uh, took a jump over to the raptors to sort of experience that nba um court uh court dancing um and then i was sort of done with dancing after that i was i was happy Uh, You know, to be in front of in front of be in front of an audience, and then I was very much uh, good to sort of step back and be on the be behind the scenes.
0: And I want to I want to put a pin there where you said something. There, you said you. You wanted a little bit more, so you went into the NBA um, dance pack, and you were there for a bit. And then you realized, like, you know what? I'm okay with just stepping back and not dancing anymore. Mm -hmm. One of the things I like to talk about on in conversation with uh, with with my friends or whoever it may be is is the mindsets and motivations and methodologies. I love that you identified at a point in your career, and you can actually look back now and say, Ah, this is what I did, and this is why I did that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to me about the 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 time in in life where you decided like i kind of want more i want more of a challenge i want more of an opportunity whatever that was that led you into looking for outside opportunities and why is it that you decided nba was a place to go and not just like a studio or dancing in music videos or something like that
1: yeah i think from a like sort of a young age like i've always wanted to be in charge um so to have things in my control uh so i think again being part of these dance teams um was always a great opportunity but i knew that it would lead to more so it was was never just to dance and i i mean i spoke about having fun but i know that my mind frame was always to sort of be be in control not be the person that necessarily is in front of the camera but the person that is controlling and uh, sort of overseeing i guess you would say producing um managing um uh, from that from that point of view um but uh I also thought, you know, being part of the Argos and then jumping over to the MBA side of things, it's like submerging yourself in as many, many different avenues and opportunities to meet as many people as you can to explore your different skill sets, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And if you sort of stick to one thing, you'll never, you'll never sort of grow as an individual. You never realize what you want to do. You'll never um, come to that realization of, of, again, what you're what what you're meant to do. So I think I knew that I have to jump around to figure out and gain those skills to to become who I want to become. And it it, uh, it took a while to sort of try different try different uh, avenues and meet different people to sort of build what I'm at and what I'm doing right now.
0: That's awesome, and that's actually like a key to success. It's it's what you're describing is a is a growth mindset. Totally a growth mindset and, and sort of a fixed mindset. And you said, well, if I want to be better, I'm going to have to meet people. And if I, also, if I want to be better, I need to challenge myself and do things that are outside of my comfort zone a little bit, which I think segues perfectly into when you eventually ended up back at the Argos, you were coaching.
1: I was, yes. I, uh, I think what I've always realized is keeping your ties um never burning bridges throughout you know throughout time um is important and uh what that allowed me to do was uh revisit um coming back to argos and taking on a different role sort of maybe a role that always at the beginning i sort of knew i wanted to do um again going back to um you know having fun and dancing but also knowing that like i want to be in charge i want to be able to direct so um always kept those ties and then again another opportunity was sort of there a new coaching position was available and I was like yes like again I kept those ties throughout all these you know years doing different things and maybe that opportunity will come back where I can finally be where I sort of envision myself sort of as a young a young dancer just to finally um, have some creative control and be able to direct and and uh, take the lead there so I stepped back um, what year was it now? Two thousand ten. Um, to to finally coach, and that that position was available, and uh, and that was that. I, yeah.
0: So now we've we've gone through a, a little bit of your story already. We have dancer, we have TV host, we have dancer again, dancer again, and now we're at the coach level. So now you've you've excelled in your career to the point where. You're now ready to manage people
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we're seeing a team of people some i don't know i it seems like i've watched some of your audition videos it seems like just 40 50 people in the room and you have to kind of manage okay well who am i going to have on the team how am i going to motivate these people to do what i want them to do the way that i want them to do it mm-hmm. um which is a in my eyes a leap in growth because you're going from being uh, basically an employee to a manager, owner, director level. Um, what were the what were the, the things that you had to learn to make that leap? And were you 100% comfortable making that leap when you decided like, hey, I think I'm ready for coaching? Like, what was that process like?
1: Yeah, I think I was ready, um, but also you have your doubts because, you know, we've all had our, you know, different coaches and teachers and you learn from there, the things that you um, like from them with what you've seen that, that worked you learn the things that didn't work so um, you have a lot of pressure on yourself because you want to be the best leader and again you have that experience of being on teams and Co and, and working with different different leaders um, and what kind of leader you want to be and I I, I, I hope and I think um, that I was able to take the learnings again from my from my teachers and uh, and put them towards the person that I wanted to be. Um, in leadership, but, uh, yeah, it, has, it comes with a lot of pressure. You, you want to do a good job. Um, you know, a professional sports team, uh, you're not just dealing, you're not just dealing with, you know, five people you're dealing with 10 people, 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, however big the team was on that particular given year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I look back to myself in 2010 when I started coaching to when I completed coaching in 2017 and the growth that I took, um, you know, uh, I'm happy with how I ended off my my coaching sort of chapter of my life and and who I became and how I sort of conducted my team under under my leadership.
0: Now you mentioned being under the tutelage, I guess, of the leaders who you were under and mm-hmm. taking a little bit from them and yeah. identifying the kind of leader that you wanted to be. Um, I want to unpack that a little bit. What were some of the traits that you identified and you said, you know what, I can take this on. This is the kind of leader I want to be. And how did you implement that? And, and what was that growth process like for you?
1: Yeah, I think, we, I think I'm sure you can look back on some of your, your coaches or whatever you sort of were submerged in. And um, there were the coaches that you feared right? So they're the coaches that you're like, Oh my God, like, that, like I'm going to do something wrong. They're going to yell at me. And there was that sort of leadership style. And then there was the leadership style where you, that coach didn't have to say anything. They gave you sort of that look and you just, you just knew because you had so much respect for them. They respected you, you respected them. And I knew that any, any sort of leadership style that I was under where it was sort of, um, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, it wasn't very nice, um, was nothing that I wanted to be. Again, I want people, I always wanted people to, um, to respect me because they respected who I was as a person. Um, again, not leaving out of fear, um, but leaving out of, uh, leading out of respect. So, um, yeah, I think from the many different teachers and dance teachers and coaches that I've had, that's what I've taken is that, uh, I did a better job when I respected my coach as opposed to fearing my coach. Um, And that's, that's what I continue to do in my business today is that I hope my staff always feel comfortable coming to me. Um, We can have open conversations as that. They don't, they want to do a good job because again, they respect me and they, they like me. You want, you want to like your boss. You will do a way better job when you like your boss and you like your coach um, because you don't want to disappoint them or let them down.
0: Yeah. And I can imagine, I I agree with that and I've definitely had managers, bosses, you know, even coworkers sometimes that um, I might have feared a little bit, or I didn't want to fail around, and like some of that is like child stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like you don't want to let them down. That's like you want to be, you want to do a good job as a as an employee or whatever it might be. So there's nothing wrong with fear, but you want fear out of a good, out of a, a respect. you like, I, I'm, I'm so scared to let that person down because I respect them so much, as opposed to, I don't wanna let them down or I don't wanna do a bad job because I'm just gonna get fired or they're gonna like get mad at me. There's like, people will go the extra mile if, if, uh, you know, if, they, if they like the person they work for. <laughs>
0: Now, I know some of this is probably like keys to management, and this is um, how you've been able to carve out your sort of managerial style. So I know there's a lot, probably some secrets here that you can't divulge, but how do you go about, like, let's say I'm running a team of five, 10 people.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you go about saying, I want to be respected by all of these people, and what are the things that you do in order to get there?
1: Um, I think it comes down to... Like taking the time to understand everyone that works for you, each person, um, which is it can it, it can be a challenge, especially for us as we continue to grow. You know having 20 people and then 40 people and then sort of this growing, you want to feel the connection to each person. And for me, that's super important to understand um, a little bit about each person, where they come from, their background, because it allows me to connect better because not every person is, is the same. So if I can understand, you know, what your interests are, um, how, like how you communicate, there's so many different things, but again, connecting with each person individually, um, you'll get the most out of, out of that person, because they feel connected to you, you never want to feel like a number. you want to feel like your your boss, your leader um, is invested in you, and that's what I try to do every every day and whether it be back from from my coaching days or now sort of with my company um, is trying to connect with each um, each staff member to to get to have that connection and get the best out of get the best out of them, and uh, and them not want to let me down, hopefully.
0: <laughs> well, you know, from a distance, it seems like you're doing a good job, and um, we keep a- alluding to company and staff and
1: yeah, yes,
0: <laughs> things like that. But uh, in 2017, you mentioned you stopped uh, your your coaching career. That's that's when it was it was halted. Yeah. That's when it ceased. And uh, you started a company called Cotton Candy, mm-hmm. with your partner Nicole.
1: Yes, I was actually doing. I was actually doing it um, sort of when I was coaching as well. And but that's one of the reasons I stopped coaching is because the company was was growing at a rapid rate, and I just it was impossible to give myself to both. Um, so that's when I decided to take that leap. I know we were talking sort of off, offline about uh, being ready to sort of jump ship, and uh, I felt ready um to sort of do it on my own and and again I want I always want to give 100% to everything I do and I wasn't able to do to do both um but they were both similar in a way so um yeah 2017 I stopped coaching and that's when I sort of um went full force into what is called cotton candy event staffing
0: So tell me a a bit about what Cotton Candy Staffing Company is, and um, maybe when you answer that, I have another question, but just tell me a little bit about what Cotton Candy Staffing is and why you even decided to start it.
1: Yeah, so uh, Cotton Candy Event Staffing, um, just I guess starting with with the name, um, when you think of Cotton Candy, you think of fun, you think of lights, the colors are fun, they're, 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 it's just, what what do you think of when you think of Cotton Candy? Go for it. I'm gonna ask you a
0: question. Well, I think
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I kind of want some now. I um, um think of candy. I think of yeah, like you said, it's fun. The colors,
1: energy.
0: Yeah, It's sweet. I think of you know carnivals and 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 having a good time and just it puts it puts positive emotions in my brain. I get like a dopamine rush almost.
1: I love it, and that's exactly what we want people to sort of associate with with our company. Um, sort of years of being in sports and marketing and, and that sort of world, realizing how um, the impact of great people at an event, uh, again, coming back down to the cheerleaders, the in-game sort of staff and whatnot, they can help like electrify any sort of branding experience. And, we've, and I realized that um, that I had this network of really, awesome, amazing people that I was always working with and sort of the impact they had on events and, uh, you know, going to events myself and just sort of realizing something was missing. Um, and that was that the people themselves maybe maybe were not helping um, bring out that brand or, or electrify that event, like I mentioned. Um, so yeah, so what we do, we work with a lot of uh, director brands. We work with a lot of big agencies um, who plan these Amazing experiential activations um, for really fantastic brands, 500 fortune brands. Um, I'm sure you've seen sort of on our Instagram page all the different companies that we do work with. They plan these events and then they realize, oh, we have no amazing people um, to to sort of help bring it to life. So that's when they come to us um, to recruit, to help train, and to pick the best fit for that particular brand. Um, and uh, that's Cotton Candy event staffing right now. Uh, we started in 2014, uh, sort of with uh, not very many people. And I would say last year we had about 600 people go, uh, cross country on our roster. So um, it's, uh, it's growing fast. And uh, this summer is obviously a lot different than, than typical summers. Uh, I was ready to go into a summer with uh, no life. Um, but uh, we are, COVID hit, and now I'm like, summer. Um, I'm like, I have time, I'm breathing, I'm exercising. But anyways, um, yeah, Sorry, I totally just rambled on about cotton candy. Now I'm hungry. Now I'm just hungry. Now I like, actually want cotton
0: candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love it when you ramble because you don't really tell me much anyway. So
1: I know. You're like, you're getting it. You're getting everything out of me today. <laughs>
0: um, okay. Well, I think, of, I think of people starting businesses, entrepreneurs, Say, uh, and shout out to Nicole, by the way.
1: Shout out to Nicole.
0: Yeah, shout out to Nicole. <laughs> Nicole,
1: just had, Nicole just had a baby that was an interesting sort of element within our business as well. So uh, she says hi from, from home with the baby.
0: <laughs> hi, Nicole. <laughs> um, um, but like I was saying, I think of entrepreneurs, business owners, as almost like musicians, right? And in, in the sense that musicians have to believe that their product. Mm-hmm. Better than anything else out there, or at least believe that they could attract the market better than anyone else out there. And I feel like somebody to for somebody to do that, there, there has to be a bit of audacity. You know, the audacity to think that you can just put your business out there and people yeah. like it. Like, where does that come from? Um, one of the reasons I was intrigued with speaking to you is because of what you just said. You were doing your Argos head coaching. You were building this business uh, on the outside of that. And then it got to a point and you went full time with this thing. I'm really interested in that balance that you had to maintain. And then at what point, and, and, and how did you decide this is something that I think I can do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to balance it for a little bit. And then I'm going to sort of slingshot and fire out of a cannon and I'm going to do this full kind full time. Can you talk to me about that process and like that time in your life and where you were building the business, where you started the business, why you targeted that, that industry. Yeah. And
1: you know what? It was, people ask me this a lot. Like how did you decide to come up with this idea and how, where did it stem from? And the reality is that I, I was doing it like my whole coaching career, my whole, my whole twenties. Um, I was doing it without knowing I was doing it, um, I was building networks, I was connecting with lots of people, submerging myself in different areas, again, meeting different people, lots of interesting um, networks of people, um, and with again, without knowing it, people would always ask me, hey, you know, you're you have, you know, 20 awesome, you know, dancers, anyone want to be in a music video, or, you know, I need some people to help me, um, you know, hand out some flyers here, and I was always just connecting people naturally. I was like, yeah, I have these most amazing dancers that will be really great for this, or I have this guy that can do this, and I was just connecting people, and and always on my phone connecting, and I I got like a rush out of it, because I just enjoyed seeing people um, get work and people find the right person to work. And it was just this, like, it just gave me this, like, this high to always help. Um, and then it took me a long time to realize, oh, my, 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 uh, my network is pretty, uh, is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. It's pretty worth something right now. I think maybe I can, maybe I can make some money off of this and not in like, I'm going to make money off people. It was just like, I think I have a skill set of connecting people and seeing the good in people and finding people's good qualities and pairing them with, the right person ask Jory she knows a girl ask Joy. she knows a guy you know like I always was that person but uh real, realizing that it was something that I was growing without even knowing it and that it was an opportunity to to take that network and put it in, put them in different opportunities and um yeah, I, I think when I turned thirty, I think everyone's always trying to figure out what they want to do. You know, when they're twenty, 25, and I think I'm always like, just chill. Like, you're gonna figure it out. So you'll figure it out. And it wasn't until I turned thirty that I was like, oh, I've been doing this my whole twenties, but now I'm gonna capitalize off of, off of the all the experience and and networks that I formed. Um, yeah, so it sort of like it sort of spoke for itself, and I think I just took it and put a bow around something else around something that I was always doing essentially um yeah that explains (laughs) but yeah it's like it it was again it's like something I was always doing and it goes back to everyone always saying I don't know what I want to do and it's like just keep on doing what you're doing because like at some point you're going to be like bam that's it I was always doing it I was always good at it I just never knew that I can take it and 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 package it in, in a different way to sell sell what I've always been good at.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting you say that, because a lot of people would say something like that, because they can't think of how this is going to parlay into their career. I just do this all the time. It's just something like for me, for example, I love yeah. Hosting. Yeah. I've, I've always loved hosting. I've always loved interviewing. And I've always loved teaching. Um, yeah. So I was like, how do I, how do I like combine yeah. those maybe? Yeah. How do I, and, and I love creating. So I was like, how do I, how do I combine these things? Um, and, and here we are today, like the, the, the original um, idea I, I've written, by the way, I've written so many shows, like, like TV shows and, and segment and then and whatever. And one of them I wrote actually at BPM was for you, was called Just Dance. It was because Lady Gaga's song was big at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. you've had so many amazing ideas over the years like I just you're just sort of reminding me of things and just sort of seeing all the different projects and cool ideas that you've that you've done is pretty pretty amazing
0: yeah thank you um for me it's just I'm just doing it a lot of the times because I love to do it I love to create I love to write I love to make things yeah Um, and, you know, maybe maybe a bit of that is a little bit selfish because sometimes I just want to be seen. So maybe I'm going to make a podcast and so people can see me a little bit and people can understand like, hey, wait, you can actually do this. Um, and uh, so it's just something I naturally do. Like, like I love to present. I love to, to host. I love to interview. Um, I've gotten a few compliments on it. So I think other people believe that I can do a pretty good job at it as well.
1: I, we had that conversation like as well before. It's like you're, you're so amazing. At, at it and uh it's it's something that i learned very very early on is like i'm not good i'm not good at speaking i don't enjoy being in front of the camera but you have seemed to identify that you you enjoy that so that's that's uh that's pretty awesome again I'm going back to thinking of all the different things that that i've sort of jumped on board with you the different things that you've been working on um just sort of following your journey as well and, and how much is under your resume wow <laughs> pretty cool.
0: Yeah, um, it, hasn't, uh, it hasn't parlayed into uh, a career like yours, but um, different industries, different industries. I'm different, sure.
1: totally different industries,
0: exactly. Yeah, um, well, that's great, though. I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for the growth that you guys are, are undertaking with Cotton Candy. It seems like the team is growing as well. It seems like you have a couple uh, executive uh, members on the team. It's not just you and, and Nicole doing all the work, which I was crazy. I'm like, you guys are doing so much work. Like, what? How is there only two of you?
1: yeah, well, we had no life Then we have no, we have no life. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, we grew our internal, our internal office team. And we, as we continue to grow, um, we will need to obviously um, grow, grow that internal team. Um, just we're dealing with so many people. Like I said, 600 people last year, we had outs um, across, across Canada. Uh, so for my sanity and uh, yeah for my sanity and my mental health and all that jazz it's yeah we will continue to grow and that's those are the the, the joys and the the highs and the lows of being an entrepreneur and being a business owner is, uh is all the all the fun that comes with it it's the understanding of growth um where you need to be uh, uh support wise um knowing that you can't take on the world all the time that you you know again going back to to liking to be in control and liking to have ownership of things and just recognizing that you need to grow internally and have that support system of staff within our head office to help us essentially grow and become bigger. Um, Yeah. We are summer. I'm like, like, so quiet right now.
0: Yeah. It's a crazy, it's a crazy summer, but you guys have seemed to been able to handle yourself pretty well. You guys have a couple of events. I saw you guys were uh, casting recently.
1: Yeah, you know what? The last, uh, you know, when obviously COVID hit, those, those two three months um, it was very quiet, a very interesting time. Sort of you question, you know, what the what the industry will look like, what the future will look like for XM marketing and, and those opportunities for us to thrive. Um, so obviously some some worry there, but also staying positive and knowing that um, it won't it won't it won't be gone, but it will be different. Um, and I think in the last month month or two months, um, we begin to see some movement in, in our industry. Um, people, you know, we recognize that there's products and people are still buying, want to buy things, whether it be food or beverages, lots of alcohol, I'm sure now too. Um, but uh, people are starting to, to do things in modified ways. Um, so we've been we've been lucky in that way to continue to do um, some sampling activations and, and promos um, in a safe and altered you know modified way right now um, yeah we're we're using this downtime to to cast some more great talent to grow our roster to add some 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 amazing people to it so that when we are full force and get back to it, you know we've done the work and use that time now to to connect with those people
0: now you've mentioned a couple times now that you you like to be in control, you like to be in, in charge no. <laughs> Um, I could imagine as an entrepreneur, cause I'm kind of like that. I kind of like to be in charge. I like to be in control. I don't know if that's like a type A personality type thing, or if that's like a entrepreneurial, uh, trait of an entrepreneur. But, um, does, do you have any issues with that? Especially having a partner and having to work with other people, especially having to work with other agencies and other companies who may not understand things the way that you do. Do you have, uh, any issues, uh, tackling that?
1: Well, let's just be clear. I'm, I'm not like an aggressive, like need to be in control type of person. I think I have a vision and I like to see my vision sort of carried out, but I'm also, um, you know, again, well, we can speak about sort of having a business partner and sort of having to work, to work hand in hand there. Um, I think Nicole also has the same personality as me, um, but I think we have different avenues to get there. So that's why we're able to uh, complement each other. Um, I like to be in control, but I think I'm a little bit more quiet and sort of relaxed and I'm observant and I know what I want to get done and I know the right ways to speak to people to sort of get those things accomplished. Nicole is, um, has a really aggressive, high energetic sort of, um, take on things. She's very hands on, um, but, uh, we both have the same end vision, um, which is good, but we have different ways of getting there. So I think that allows us to work hand in hand because we're not doing—we're not doing exactly the same. We're—we're we're approaching it from different angles. Um, you know, she roused me up; I might calm her down. Um, but together, that—that um, that works for us. Um, yeah, I mean, my mind—my mind is going everywhere. It's like, where do I even go with this?
0: I can tell. I can tell. I and I know you're editing.
1: Editing, eh? Can
0: I can see you editing. I can see you editing, but you're doing a good job.
1: <laughs> you're, a good, you're a good interviewer. You can see you can see behind the, the, the eyes and what people are uh, where their mind is going, eh?
0: I can also see what you're trying to avoid, so we'll just leave it there. Uh, what am I trying to avoid? Well, I don't know. I I mentioned um, you know, vendors like working with other oh. agents, potentially working with uh maybe even uh people you put in positions of power, like if you have a team leader or something, or if you have like just being able to hand it off to someone else and say, okay, you take care of this now. Cause that was really hard for me. I remember I would I would write a show and I'd be going to shoot a demo and I'd have, and I just want to shoot it and edit it and everything. But then I had to bring on somebody to do one part of that. And I'm like,
1: Ugh, Yeah, you know, an old boss of mine once said to me, like I remember going to his office um, and he said, I hire good people, and I trust them to do the job well. So, for me, like my control is that I'm able to pick the right people, and then I have to be able to trust them to do to do to do the job. So I think I still I'm still able to have that 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 sort of control. Again, I sound like I'm like a control freak. This word is like control. Just like to have a vision of how I like things done. Um, but if you hire if you hire the right people then you have to trust them that they're gonna get, they're gonna, they're gonna do the right job. So um, I've always sort of had that in the back of my mind, always, because um, again, we have those bosses that don't trust you with anything. You're like, I don't even know, but it's like hearing that from that person, from that old boss saying like, I trust you to do a good job because I just sort of take that mentality with, with the people that I work with, is that you're, you're the pro at what you do. I'm gonna trust you to, to do what you do. And, um,
0: and- yeah. And that's also just the sign of a of a good manager because he's taking he's putting the responsibility on you now, right?
1: Yeah, like he, he yeah, yeah. He's he's had his say. He he's chosen me. He's selected me. So he feels good with his, with 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 in, in within himself to say, I made this decision to hire her, or I you know to put this person in field, or you know be the dancer for this role or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, essentially they'll do their best work. So.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we end it off with this? Okay. I, I, I love the conversation. I love that you've actually, you know, gotten into a couple things and uh, you've let us in a little bit today. You've let us in a little bit today, Jory.
1: <laughs> You're like, and now the last part is about your love life. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> I, I know I'm definitely not getting anywhere. We're there.
1: not getting there. We're not going there yet.
0: <laughs> um but when it's all said and done you know when cotton candy or when you've sold the business or when you've uh, you know stepped down from your executive role um and you're you know ready to you know go fishing or you know retire or whatever it is okay. um, when it's all said and done what do you want people to remember about joy brown
1: um i want people to uh see me as a a good role model Um, someone that empowered them to be their best self Um, I think beyond you know beyond just making money and uh, you know running a business and stuff like that the things and the joys that I get out of these types of things also coaching um, and being a leader is is seeing other people um, be able to grow their skill set and develop and become their best self so looking back on, you know, years down the road, I want people to say, I learned, I learned some great skills from Jory. I was given opportunities uh, that allowed me to be where I am today. So I think that that's, that's important to me.
0: Well, I think you're doing, I think you're doing a great job at that. Um, I'm sure your staff looks up to you. I'm sure your staff is, uh, Looking at you as a great leader and somebody that motivates them and inspires them. Just looking at your marketing and the way that all of all of your staff are commenting on your videos and you guys do these comedy nights, I think they are, or talent shows. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're following along.
0: Yeah, I'm following along. I'm following. Along. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, but uh, really proud of everything that you've been able to do, and I'm uh, glad to have met you along the journey, along the way, and uh, along with your connections. If there's any way you could connect me with uh, Jesse Reyes. Uh, I'd, love to, um, I'd love to have that conversation with you offline sometime.
1: Isn't she awesome? <laughs> Isn't she awesome. She's, she's so badass. She's, she's so amazing. And I've loved, I, I love seeing everything that she's been able to accomplish. And yeah, we can definitely chat more about that.
0: <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Jory.
1: Love it. Okay. So great talking to you.